Hello to you wherever you are in the world. I hope you're doing well. It's me, Damien Barr, welcoming you back to another salon exclusive where you get to be the first in the world to hear about the books that we are most excited about. And we spend a lot of time scouring the publishing catalogues and lists to choose these titles for you. This month, we have a book from South Korea. It's called Lemon and it is written by the multi-award winning author Kwon Yo Sun and it's translated by Janet Hall. Always important to thank the translators. This is a short but psychologically complex novel. The plot centres around the tragic and unsolved murder of a beautiful adolescent, Kim Hae-on, but this is no ordinary murder mystery. Cosmopolitan says it's a haunting literary crime story with razor-sharp observations of class, gender and privilege in contemporary Korea. In other words, it does that thing that crime novels do so well, it holds a mirror up to the society where the crimes are set. This reading describes the manifestations of grief experienced by the novel's protagonist, and it's Janet reading on Kwon's behalf. Hello, I'm Janet Hong, and I'm excited to be reading for listeners of Damien Barr's Literary Salon from a novel I recently translated called Lemon by the Korean author Kwon Yeo-sun. Lemon deals with the unsolved murder of a beautiful girl named Heon and its devastating aftermath, the grief of her family, the suffering and misery experienced by the family of the accused, and the themes of revenge and guilt. Kwon, who is one of Korea's most highly acclaimed writers of literary fiction, has used more elements of genre fiction in this book than in, in any of her other books, but Lemon's focus isn't on tracking down the killer. Instead, it focuses on the survivors of such loss and explores how those who have lost loved ones should go on. I'll be reading from the third part of the novel, which is told from the perspective of Heon's younger sister, Taon. In this excerpt, it's been eight years since her sister's murder, but we see that Taon has been unable to move on with her life. No one, not even my own family, went to my high school or college graduation. Of course, it was only natural my dad and sister didn't attend, but my mother on the other hand. If I think about it, that too was natural. After all, I didn't go either. After my sister died, we moved to a new city in Gyeonggi province. I transferred to the senior high there, an all-girls school this time. Since both mother and I were falling at a very slow speed, I didn't realize we were falling at first. She went to work at a shop and I went to school. I have no idea how she was managing. As for me, I grew more and more confused and I hate to admit it, but I began to doubt whether I'd even care for my sister at all. It was a painful, bitter realization, not because I didn't know if I loved her any longer, but because I didn't know if I ever had, because this doubt was in the past tense and therefore something I couldn't change, because it had been decided forever. Then everything sped up. We had moved to escape the rumors, to feel my sister's absence less, but our new environment only stimulated our nerves endlessly and called to mind the details of the horrifying incident that had caused us to move. The small void inside my head soon swelled like a balloon until the whole world dimmed, grew distant, and finally disappeared. All at once, 
my mother and I found ourselves plummeting down a deep well. She quit her job at the shop, and I took a leave of absence from school. We slept for days or were unable to sleep for days. We forgot to eat and didn't have the strength to clean ourselves. Lacking the most basic thought that we needed to climb out of the well, we lay face down in the dank darkness as if dead for a long time. Even now, I can't help thinking my passive lethargy in those days was easier, maybe safer. I thought only of my sister and stayed trapped for days in one murky memory after another, as if nothing else mattered. It must have been the same for mother. We each had our own guilt to manage. My sister's name was originally Helen. It had been my mother who had come up with the name and my dad had gone along with it. But when she suffered from severe postpartum sickness, my sister's birth registration was delayed by a month. During that time, my dad, who was originally from Gyeonggi province, kept calling my sister Heon in his provincial accent to the point that my mom started thinking it wasn't so bad a name, possibly better than Heon. Even if they were to go ahead with the original name, he would keep mispronouncing it anyway, so perhaps it'd be better if they just called her Heon from the start. That's how my sister ended up with her name. If her name hadn't been changed, I might have been Talon. I don't know which is better, Talon or Taon. It hardly mattered for me, but in my sister's case, it made a big difference. After she died, mother began to obsess over the name Helen. She seemed to think my sister's life had gone wrong because of the name change. In the end, my dead sister returned to my mother as Helen. This isn't a metaphor, it's a fact. Ten years after my sister's death, my mother held in her arms a live baby named Helen. This baby was my gift to her. I'm told my dad adored my sister. I have no doubt she was a beautiful baby, impossible not to love. Since babies are indifferent, selfish creatures who think only of satisfying their needs, perhaps my sister's time as a baby suited her personality more than any other phase in life. I picture her then, when there was no need for her to know language, to know the proper way to form relationships, or share her feelings. She must have truly been the brightest creature to ever grace this earth. My dad took her around the whole neighborhood to show her off, and all who laid eyes on her declared they'd never seen a more beautiful baby. It was a blessing he didn't have to cope with her death. He used to break the first cigarette by accident as he plucked it out from a new pack. Whenever this would happen, he would become red in the face and lose his temper. After living a mundane, dull life, where a trivial incident like this was cause enough for him to become angry, he died. Before my sister entered elementary school, so when she was six years old and I was four, my dad died in a car accident on a business trip. His colleague had been behind the wheel and my dad had been in the passenger seat, just like my sister, who had been in the passenger seat of Shin Jung Jun's car. They waited for the left turn signal at the bottom of a T intersection and started to turn left when the signal turned green. At that instant, a truck barreled toward them from the right. 
Unable to slow down, it rammed into their car, breaking it in two, just like all the cigarettes my dad had snapped by mistake. Because the passenger side door was badly bent, it took a long time to extricate him from the car. He died before they could pull him out of the wreck. Death by cranial injury due to a violent blow on the head. His cause of death was the same as my sister's. Our relatives murmured that my dad's death had changed my mother, saying she now shrank away from spending money, though she must have gotten quite a bit from the insurance company. She went to work at a friend's shop and left all the housework to my sister, which was an absurd decision from the start. Our apartment soon became a pigsty. Had our father's death and our mother's subsequent transformation wounded my sister? At least a little, probably. It would have been impossible for her not to have been affected. But I don't think those incidents changed my sister. She was as unyielding as a rock, someone who couldn't be easily changed. The housework became my responsibility. At the age of five, I learned how to run the vacuum cleaner and laundry machine. And at six, I rinsed the rice and started the rice cooker and made kimchi stew with tofu and tuna since I was allowed to use a stove now. Though I spent the entire day with my sister, I had no idea what was going on in her head. It seemed she didn't think about anything. She did nothing and thought nothing. She considered no one and harmed no one. She wasn't interested in anyone, nor bothered by anyone. She seemed most content and serene when she was left alone doing absolutely nothing. The grace and detachment of her gestures, observing someone wordlessly or giving a curt response and then looking away, only enveloped her beauty in dignity. Though this was certainly no ploy to elevate herself, and she was hardly shrewd enough to use such a ploy, she couldn't have found a more suitable method. Her awareness of the physical body seemed weak and fragile at most. She didn't understand the burden the body carried and neither did she know the happiness or pains it offered. She treated her own beauty like a pretty pebble she'd happened to find on a beach. Since she was aware that her appearance provided benefits, she sometimes used it to her advantage but she didn't know its true value. She simply didn't care, just like a child who doesn't see the difference between a pearl and a pebble. I have no memory of fighting with my sister over treats or toys, but this made me sad and anxious rather than happy. I'd always known she and I were fundamentally different. Because she didn't have much of an appetite, I could eat whatever I wanted as much as I wanted. But when she became hungry, everything changed. She became incapable of empathy, of putting herself in someone else's shoes, and hardly considered another person or the smallest etiquette. In these situations, I had no choice but to wait until she filled her stomach. She seemed like an animal then, or even worse, a sociopath, someone who could easily take a piece of bread from a starving child or elderly person. But once satiated, she emerged like an enlightened saint, the sight of her dressed in nothing but a loose nightgown, sitting with her knees bent and spread apart, or lying down and staring off into space, was lovely, but also alarming. My mother hit my sister, not frequently and not as a consequence of wrongdoing, 
but in a sudden outburst, like a sneeze. I'm sure my sister's apathy at home or neglect of her studies was partly to blame, but the main reason had to do with her carelessness. She often went around without any underwear. Once, my mother raised her hand to strike my sister when she'd gone to and from middle school without any underwear, let alone a bra. Then all of a sudden, my mother dropped her hand and peered into my sister's face instead, as if seeing her for the first time. I don't know what she saw in the lovely face I gazed brightly up at her. She trembled and gave a series of solemn nods. I read in my mother's expression infinite hope and pride and the burden of responsibility and resolve. She looked like someone who held a rare, precious object in her hand. After that incident, my sister's underclothes became my responsibility, just like the housework. Before stepping out of the house, I stood her before me and circled her, checking her uniform to make sure she hadn't forgotten anything. When I entered senior high, I felt better only after I checked her once more in front of the school gate, since my sister was a senior, a woman practically. After all, it would be awful if a woman forgot to wear a bra and underwear. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Janet Hong, for that reading from Lemon. Kwon's grasp of her main theme of death runs steadily through the novel and she carries this with her and it's full of moments of light as well. So don't be thinking that it's all doomy. Lemon is published by Head of Zeus and available now in all good bookshops. As ever, please visit an independent bookshop and give them your money and your love. And if you wish, you can shop with us on our wee shop on bookshop.org. Lemon is a must for the fan of translated fiction in your life, so please be sure to share this episode with them. A copy of Lemon will be given away in our newsletter to subscribers, so if you subscribe now, you'll be in with a chance of winning it. Thank you for listening. I know how important your time is and I really appreciate your attention. Join us again soon and happy reading.